0: Hey, to all my female baggage droppers out there, I have a question for you. Do you like gold or silver? Well, at Breanne & Company Jewelry Store, you can find anything that you like. That's right. Breanne & Company is a jewelry boutique that has durable, minimalist jewelry. She uses genuine pearls, local shells and sea glass, natural gemstones, and of course, precious metals. And these are all quality handcrafted designs by Breanne Light herself. Go and visit her at her website, brianneandco.com or go to her Instagram. That's always popping, at brianne and Company. Thanks, Brianne. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all of my baggage droppers around the world, welcome to another episode of the Drop Your Baggage Podcast. With me, your host, the self-talk engineer, Charles Wolfork, And this is where we talk to people that are dope, that can bring you hope, and teach you a technique that can help you cope. And today, we have an outstanding guest right here with Brittany Gutman. But first, I want to ask anybody out there who is on YouTube or Facebook to please consider hitting the like and subscribe button. Smash that darn on thing. <laughs> and also, if you're on a podcast platform, give my brother five stars and give me some feedback as well. Now, I have been looking forward to this podcast because Brittany is amazing. Yeah. Now, Brittany Government is from Wisconsin, but currently lives in Tucson, Arizona. She is a woman of faith and owns an all-state insur- insurance agency of her own and is two months away from her one-year anniversary from owning her business. She is also a fiancé, a stepmother, owns chickens, and is a Sagittarius. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you... Brittany Gutman, what's up Brittany
1: <laughs> hi Charles thank you happy to be here
0: how you doing <laughs> outstanding so Good. with you being at Allstate you've been at Allstate for for how long now
1: 11 years
0: 11 years in one company what made you go to Allstate in the first place
1: State Farm didn't want me anymore no <laughs> They weren't a good neighbor. No, I, I did it about four years with State Farm. Um, I call them Snake Farm now. But Ooh,
0: um, shots I'm fired. I
1: know. Gracious. I know.
0: We over at the Drop Your Baggage podcast have nothing against you guys, State Farm. <laughs> okay.
1: Like a good neighbor.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but also, it's been a great company. They've been good to me.
0: Mm, mm -hmm. Have you met the Allstate guy on the commercials? Allstate. Have you met him yet?
1: Dennis Haysbert? No. And in fact, I haven't met our new voice either, whom is Alicia Keys.
0: Word? I mean. Yes. Do you guys get like comp tickets to concerts and all that? I don't
1: think so. But just (laughs) hearing Alicia Keys say, are you in good hands? It's very soothing.
0: Oh, then you feel like you're in good hands. Like, you know what? I have good hands. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Have you seen these hands?
0: (laughs) So where did you start out within the company?
1: Well, I started um, just, you know, customer service, sales, then grew, uh, built myself up, met sales quotas. Um, Throughout that time, the agent that I was working for was growing her business Mm. and adding locations and adding employees, so... The sales, um, the sales respect kind of um, transitioned into training. And then I went into management um, and then we actually uh, spearheaded an, a, a benefits company, an employee benefits company. So I've kind of been all over and mm-hmm. now I'm an agent. Look so, yeah. Right.
0: So like, what was the most important thing when you were in the customer service department?
1: Uh, well, it definitely. um morphed me into who I am today, or or created, but you learn a lot. Um, Customer service isn't an industry for everybody. Mm. Um, (laughs) You, especially when when you're learning, you know, in in this industry, people expect you to know what you're talking about, which Mm. is is valid and, and fine. But I was 17 when I started. So I was still learning. And, you know, sometimes people can be cruel and you know, but I, uh, I am a relationship person. So I really love the, the building rapport and relatability and creating, you know, that, that customer relationship that this more than this exchange, because they can do this anywhere, you Mm -hmm. know, but With Britney, they can't.
0: (laughs) 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 So you said it turned into the person that you are. What specifically does that mean? Like as far as is is it that you have thicker skin or is it all about the relationship part where you know how to create deeper relationships with your clients and with the people that you love?
1: Both. Yeah, both. I definitely have thicker skin now. And, you know, the things people are a little more receptive when your name is on the door i'm learning that too mm. you know you, it's a totally different dynamic but um you know i i'm honest with people when i w- when i worked for somebody else it was like okay if i don't have the answer you know am i is the call going to go past me did i really complete my my job here now i'm i, I tell all of my employees to just be transparent if you don't know let's learn together you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and customers customers appreciate that i think so and insurance is ever evolving like i don't know what um you know company you use but even when i worked for state farm you know they have a mutual company and they have a standard company and they both have different rules and different laws and so you are ever evolving, I believe, in mm-hmm. this industry and in any industry for that matter.
0: So is the personal development that you got through work experience is that actually like started to make you become a better um, person in customer service and in the sales and just in life in general?
1: Yes. Grace and patience are things that I've learned through the moments when I've been less graceful and less patient <laughs> um and it, and it, you can hear that you know what i mean have mm. you ever been on the phone with customer service and you can hear that like you're getting under their skin maybe by now and they're doing a really good job of not letting you know but you can tell <laughs>
0: Dude, i i do my i do my very very best in order to make sure that i am super nice uber nice to anybody that I get on the phone with because I don't know who has been crappy to them throughout the day. Yeah. I'll learn their name. I'll say I'll I'll definitely express gratitude multiple times with on, in the phone, on the phone. I will crack a joke here and there. I'll make, but you know, so I try to prevent that, that um, moment of uh, them needing that grace and um, needing that patience. For a customer like myself. So they'll also be more than willing to help me out and go over and over and beyond to to help a brother out. So Ah. I haven't, (laughs) I haven't, uh, I haven't had that. But I have, on the other hand, though, I've been on the other side of that as well. And I've lost my cool. When I was the athletic director uh, over at a private school, say the least, I, I definitely had some parents that or uh, helicopter parents or what they call them nowadays are drone drone parents and uh, yeah because they hover (laughs) and um
1: thanks for breaking that down (laughs) I needed that
0: yeah yeah I was just making you gave me a look I didn't know what the look (laughs) and and uh those parents yo I took every bit of grace and patience out of me so I know exactly where you come uh, what you may know for sure So with sales, what was important over at Allstate? What was important for you to know and for you to learn as far as the sales department?
1: Well, I think um, in sales, you definitely, if you're in sales, and a lot of us are, I think, you know, there's many branches in the workforce and vocation that are sales related. And so you do have to, you have to have a skill, you know, a sales Mm -hmm. skill, Um, my mom always used to say, I could sell a saddle to a cowboy with no horse. So, um, and you know, I, we don't sell for the wrong reason, right. You know, i mean, that's never it, but you know, sometimes you can get people, even people that are calling you for a quote and you just chase them around for three months. Like, Oh, I haven't looked at it yet. So it's really, um, we've, I've, I've gotten pretty good at, you know, we call it like a one call close. It's not really a one call closed, but, you know, just a little faster. So you take the, take the, the burden off of both people, you know, mm-hmm. cause it can be, it can be pretty hectic chasing people around, especially when you have, you know, as an agency, I have, we have big goals to meet on an annual scale. Mm-hmm. So you break it down monthly and daily, even sometimes. And Um, All those prospecting hours and follow up hours, it's time consuming. So I think the sales side of this in my 15 years, um, you know, just being genuine and authentic and not being the salesperson that can sell a saddle to a cowboy with no horse. You Mm -hmm. know, I sell that saddle to the cowboy to give him hope that he's going to buy his horse again. You know what I mean? It's different. Wow. <laughs> that was good, huh? Yeah, it
0: was really good. <laughs> I hope you wrote that down for later. That was impressive. mm mm-hmm. So, like, just, okay, so being authentic and making sure that the people get what they need. And I know that listening is a big part of sales as well. Can you talk about that for a sec? The, I'm sorry. I was just the, listening. The above no. <laughs>
1: Kidding. <laughs> um, you're so right. You're so right. I mean, people like to be heard, you know, and, and the point of the conversation is not for them to learn about me, you know, I mean, so uh, I, listening to people, uh, the customer is always right is kind of the same, you know, mentality. Um, but I think being relatable to, you know, um, that's why listening is important. Most people, listen to respond rather than I, I listen to respond to, but in a relatable way, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, and I have to hear you to do that. And I think that takes patience and grace too. Um, but yeah, well, I think, I think once you can create a connection with anybody, um, the opportunity is substantially more to create a business relationship, you know,
0: mm. I I know the title of your book is going to be Patience, Grace and Connection. Oh, my goodness. I can't (laughs) wait. (laughs) Have you seen these hands? That's going to be the sub. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So like you said that you were you grew within the business as well, but you also like there were different. um, Like uh, locations that were opening up throughout your journey. Tell us about that.
1: Well the agent that I that I was working um, for purchased other books of business during my ten years with them so I like to consider that a good thing and mm. um, and a highlight of of my participation within that company so that we could grow to that magnitude. Um, I think she got up to three locations and then we had opened the benefits company so. Um, lots of moving pieces. But if any, if, if, any of that taught me anything, it's that I don't want to do that. I would <laughs> like, I would like to do one thing exceptionally well. And, and that would be running this business.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and if something else, I don't, I think when you get into m- multi locations, you're in different demographics and uh, your, my brain doesn't know that demographic. So, what I'm doing here, if I just pick it up and transplant it there, it's not going to work as effectively as it does in this community. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: um, I think that's a really hard thing. I think a lot of insurance agents do that. Um, I mean, look at Ace Hardware, you know what I mean? Like all these companies, you're just going to run into a different flow of people. If you've got in-person people, cash payers, you know? So I would like to know my community be involved in my community know my customers and my clientele and and what i would like to that acquisition to be um and just do it the best
0: amen so it's about just uh sharpening your axe so you can keep chopping the same tree
1: that's a great analogy one i've never heard before but yes
0: (laughs) Well, no, I'm full of them. I'm full of them. Uh, I, I'm not full of it, just full of them. The uh, So like that also like moving around and having a different a three different locations. Did that turn you into a better leader as well?
1: Yes, it definitely did. And it also taught me that I was in a leadership position and I didn't have authority to let's just say managing adults is really difficult <laughs> I think
0: you're having, I think you're being graceful right now
1: I know I know um, there I had an employee that I would have let go four or five times just due to just due to you know that that four-day Mexico trip lasting seven days every single time mm-hmm. you know
2: mm-hmm. I don't
1: know how many grandmas you got but <laughs> they can't all die in Mexico okay but you know, to not have that authority, um, you know, that taught me that you have to you have to be able to tolerate those 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 situations
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, as an owner. Heck, no, not me now, no. But I know how I know how to navigate those types of conversations to be more positive, um, as positive as they can be. But but definitely, yeah, being being responsible and showing up and, you know, accountable and consistent. I, I led a great team of people with those same characteristics, not that- the seven day Mexico trip characteristics.
0: Did you always have that in you since you were a little girl, like always being the leader?
1: Oh, my gosh. I when I was 12, um, I would put my cat in a in a you know, cat carrier. And I had two dogs. I had a, a German shepherd and I had a chow and I would put them on my, on leashes, on my bicycle handlebars and my cat in the cat carrier in between on the bar on my bike. And I would ride that about four miles to mm. a nursing home. And I would just let my dogs go and open up the cat carrier. And I volunteered at that nursing home from the time I was 12 until like 14, oh 14 gosh. years old. And I did. Some of my little girlfriends would be like, hey, what are you doing today? And we'd, you know, go down there. Um, so I, I don't know if, if leadership, but my work ethic, I, I, I attribute some of that to my Midwestern lineage, because I do think us Northerners have an outstanding work ethic.
0: All right. All right. <laughs> Our colors are always blue, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The- That's right. So, like, did you develop that even more in high school or was was it just something that, you know, Okay, so you started when you were young, though, as far as working, you started with State Farm uh, when you were 17. And when you started there, what did you did? We were in customer service first.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, that when I started for with state farm and when I was 17, I, I was working with the scratch agent, which means she started with zero policies. So I was calling out of the phone book back before. I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't know there was a do not solicit role. And I was, I was just calling people out of the phone book. Um, And yeah, she, she was a new agent, so she wasn't there very often. So I just took initiative on my own. I had, I had sales goals to meet, And once I saw how much commission I would be making every policy I wrote, I would add it all together and I'd be like, okay, there's $40, you know, there's, so I'm, I'm definitely money motivated, but that's Mm -hmm. not my biggest driving factor,
0: but Mm -hmm. it's helping people.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, now it's more about making an impact, you know, and it takes time to do that, but it also takes a platform, Mm -hmm. you know, to do that. I didn't, I I don't come from money. I didn't have a silver spoon. I have worked since I was 12, you know, I've, I've worked really hard my whole life. And um, so I think now that I have this opportunity that I've been blessed with to own a business, you know, figuring out what, what place God has in that for me, why I'm here, what, what my real purpose is Mm -hmm. to do a grander scale, you know, like, is my, are my tools really just to sell people insurance? Cause no, that's, I don't think that's the case. I think, I think I've been, I'm where I'm called to be, but Mm -hmm. I think it's for a greater reason.
0: Awesome like the the creator has definitely given you an awesome opportunity as far as having your own insurance agency can you move your mic back just a little bit because i can hear every p and f and t sound oh okay yeah. better we'll see oh. <laughs> Potter. That huh? Potter. You're good. I think okay. so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like poo. Poo-poo. It's like bass. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. My bad.
1: Nope. It was because I moved it for the water. Sorry.
0: See, messing up. Anyway, back to the podcast. <laughs> so yeah. So the the creators put you in a great place where you now have your own business and you're running things. So like tell us how it is being a an entrepreneur and being the boss now.
1: Such a blessing, really, is a great blessing. I uh, unlocking the door every day is like my greatest uh, accomplishment for the day. I, I really enjoy doing that. Mm-hmm. I think now, like I said, it's it's actually been a little easier. I think than than pounding the pavement for somebody else. A because now I know the harder I work, the more successful I'm going to be. So of course I'm going to work hard. Aside from that, it does hit different when people hear me calling now, the Mm -hmm. owner, the business Mm -hmm. owner, you know, there's a little more um, respect. I think there's a little bit more uh, grace, not that I want to overkill it, but um, yeah, I, even, even I still make sales calls. I still write renters insurance. You know what I mean? That's, that's what I do. And when I'm like, hi, this is Brittany, the agent, you know, people are a little, they're a little cooler to me. But having employees, I think, has been probably one of the coolest things. You know, just people that care about my dream
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and and they want to make it part of theirs. I really do believe I have a team of people like that. Um, but it's intimidating, too, and daunting mm. to know that my business feeds more than me. And so that's a heavy weight sometimes when the bills are a little high one month and you know you have these people that you've got to take care of so i think that has become probably something that i've never known how to deal with before
2: yeah. or
1: or business ownership in general i didn't go to college i i started this at 17 and just ran with it rode that wave so i don't i didn't know how to do payroll or file for a tax id number or llc or any of that stuff you know so you learn a lot
0: and how did this opportunity present itself for you?
1: Well, um, you know, like I said, I've been in the all state um, light for 11 years and with a mega producing agent. And um, that agent, I think made the mistake on their end of having me be the face of their company. Um, so, I was kind of a hot commodity, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> um, no, but when we, when we started the benefits company uh, that put me in a, in a bigger spotlight, a little more ground to cover more relationships within the company on the corporate side, um, you know, and, and also after 11 years um, COVID, Came and I was at making. I was at my prime, making the most money that I probably could have made in that position with that employer. Um, and then COVID came, and I, I was in the employee benefits side of things, and I mean, employee benefits went down the tunnel, mm-hmm. and um, and so did my pay. My pay got cut sixty percent in the mm-hmm. middle of COVID, and then I. I never stopped. I never. I never quit. I kept. I kept working. Uh, a little bit out of. I had a little resentment during that time, but right. w- there was a lot of fear because none of us knew what was happening or what was going on.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I ended up um, during that time. I I trained all state agents in southern Arizona, all across southern Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, how to prospect for all state benefits for employee benefit programs, which put me in a lot of agencies offices.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, one agent just happened to ask me if I had ever considered agency ownership. And I think I had $400 in my bank account that day. And I laughed at him and I said, <laughs> yeah, let's, you know, <laughs> let's do it. I'll buy your business right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, you know, miracles, miracles, Ugh impossibilities turned to possibilities overnight it was mm. like when i say i'm a faithful person like where i am at right now mm-hmm. there's no there's literally no way and things just happened money was moving things were going everything worked and it was a beautiful a beautiful partnership
0: mm. So tell tell us the story, how you acquired all of this cash in order for you to buy it. And like now the start of this business and how it's been as far as the learning curve and uh, navigating through COVID
1: acquired all this cash, more like acquired debt. And there's a difference. There's good debt and there's bad debt. Um, And I believe I'm in a place of some, some good debt. Um, But you know, there were a lot of opportunities too during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from the the stimulus, you know, checks that were going out, there was a emergency disaster loan that they were doing for people. Um, so I actually, when my pay got cut sixty percent. I wanted to stay loyal to my career. I was really good at it. We had a lot of good stuff going on, but I needed to make some money. And so I started a company called Busy Bees and I'm, I'm Busy Bee. It was me, Brittany, uh, where I just did something that I loved and that was gardening. So I would go to people's homes and like, not really landscape their yard, but put a creative, you know, idea on it and spend their money, go buy flowers for them and come plant them and do all the things. (laughs) And uh, that went really well, you know. It went really well. But that's what I did is I I got that EIDL loan through the SBA, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that was that was you know one step in the right direction. You have to have a lot of capital to mm-hmm. to open if you want to be franchised. You right. know what I mean? If you want to work with a company that pays billions of dollars a year to brand themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I. The, ugh, the people that I was talking to one, one company, they were like, well, go out, apply for five credit cards, cash them all out. And that's how you're going to get your capital. Wow. And I'm like, mm, there's gotta be a better way. But mm. I was, but I was, uh, I was desperate. You know, I wanted this to happen so mm-hmm. badly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, so I didn't go that route. I, I feel like for a whole six months, I was like, just, defeated daily Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and my fiance he's always so i he is a very positive person but i won't say positive in this example because he was just kind of this mentality like so what get over it move on like what's Mm -hmm. next you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like Mm -hmm. okay that didn't work what all right what will you know and so he just kept me i i didn't have a chance to give up you know Mm -hmm. what i mean i didn't Mm -hmm. have a chance to I was asking everybody for money.
2: <laughs> I
1: was like, "Hey, uh, remember that time I loaned you $200? Can we turn that into 4? No, I don't know."
2: <laughs>
1: but you know what? Nobody came through. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. nobody it's okay though cuz it's fine cuz you know, that wasn't that wasn't the way it was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And um I think what we'll get to, like the drop your baggage piece. You know, I had even, I had even reached out to my father and, you know, asked my dad. He had a, he had, a, we're, we have a, a close relationship. Hmm. But I said, Dad, you have this paid off house. You know, he built a a home a few years back. My grandfather got him the money for the loan to do mm-hmm. this.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: said, Dad, I need thirty thousand dollars. Like that's what I need. Can you? Can you refinance your house and, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. and I'll, we'll make it work. I'll, I'll do what I can. I think I can pay you back. At that point, I didn't know there were rules, you know, Right. and um, he didn't, he, he didn't. And that's okay. But two months after I opened my doors, um, he called me and asked if I would notarize something for him. And it was on a Saturday and I was like, well, my stamps at the office, you know, I didn't bring it is it something urgent? What do you need? And he was like, well, I refinanced my house and I paid off all my trucks and my fifth wheel and my boat and like all this stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, you, you couldn't have called anybody else to notarize that for you.
2: <laughs> like, I got to
1: rub that in.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
1: anyway, long story short.
0: The Yeah. So the moral of that story is like, <laughs> You got to, no matter what, you got to go out and get what you need in order to get what you want.
1: Yeah, yeah. Be resilient
0: and
2: -hmm.
1: and just don't stop, you know, especially if it's something that seems, you know, like everything was pointing to, yes, this Mm -hmm. was all I've ever known. This was a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. The, The agent that I purchased the business from literally the best agency in the state of arizona and he wouldn't and he wouldn't just sell it to anybody he chose me like he tells people that he handpicked me which i think is precious but yeah yeah but um yeah so just all the stars aligned when i tell people like i i wish i've been doing this so much sooner a long time ago I mean, sure, it sounds beautiful, but the reality is the timing just it wasn't right. You know, something something wasn't wouldn't have been in place Mm -hmm. well enough. You know,
0: the universe unfolds perfectly and you had to become that person as well. Like you have been developing yourself and becoming the person that you needed to become in order to become the the agents, you know, the agent, the person in charge. Um, Did you have the skills or the awareness or would you have. Appreciated it more if you were still doing quite well before COVID, and then didn't have to struggle to get um, to get everything that you needed in order to, to acquire it. It's always these bumps in the road, or it's always these obstacles that make us better, or put our, put our put us in the situation that we need to be in, or give us the the right consciousness or the right mind- mindset that we need to be in in order to truly appreciate and be ready for the opportunities that we have. Exactly. Mm Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree 100%. And I don't know that had all of this not happened. Mm -hmm. I I still think that would have dissolved. Yeah, yeah, it was it was getting it was getting pretty bad. So I think it probably wouldn't have lasted very long anyway. So it was perfect. Perfect timing.
0: Exactly. Exactly. No matter what the hardships you go through, like there's always uh, something that you can learn and there's a person that you can become, uh, in order to get to the other side. And then once you're standing on that plateau you've, and you're looking at the view from there, you're like, wow, all that stuff that I went through in the past, it was all for a reason. It's all so I could be right here in this moment, at, uh, reaching these heights.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. The, um, so now how's how's business going and how's it be how is it being the boss? You said you have employees now and everything so your leadership skills have obviously been developing since you um were working under the other agent that grew the businesses in the other locations and now you got the payroll. So so like did you have to have a training to be an agent and you know learn all these different things?
1: They say that's what I went through. Um, well, because of COVID, and I guess I have to give all companies props, like Zoom included. I mean, mm-hmm. they figured that out overnight, you know. Um, so I was in, embarking on the agency um, training and all of that, but they did everything via Zoom, whereas normally we would have gone to Northbrook, Illinois. And, mm-hmm all got together, um, gone through like five or six days of classes together. But um, this was online. It was um, our, it was the first round that they had done. So I think we were kind of the pilot for it, but no, no, no. They didn't take us through our tax ID or LLC or setting up a bank account or whether you should apply for business credit before you open your agency. No, there was no, it's like, how do you put together a business plan here's here's the business plan and they give us that and then you have to put it together and then you present it to like three or four people and they tell you how many employees you've got to have to make that happen and you know i mean it's just a lot of number crunching
0: yeah interesting interesting one so this is a franchise yeah
1: no, it's not a franchise. So I'm branded by Allstate, but I am an independent. I'm 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 what's called an exclusive agent. There are independent Allstate agents as well, mm-hmm. where they can sell with other companies. They can mm-hmm. be like a broker. I'm exclusive to Allstate and the products that Allstate partners with. Um, I'm branded by the company. Mm-hmm. I can use their brand as much as I want. Um, I do have you know, red tape as far as things I can say, things I can do. Um, But ultimately I could sell my book of business to somebody else um, and it doesn't have to go. It's like with State Farm, State Farm owns the books of business. Like they own their policies, you know? So um, anyway, I thought that was nice. You know, you have equity in your
2: book.
0: Yeah. It's just interesting how, they, you know, you just buy the brand, but you don't necessarily like they don't set you up for success. Like with a McDonald's, they train you on everything. You know what I mean? Like they they have these systems in place to make sure that like everybody in the in the um that is working for McDonald's is successful. I remember when I was working there, I had to go like through two days of training. It's just videos, but also like you had to go out there on the field and uh, and kind of like uh, do the things that you learned in the videos as well. So it's, it's just interesting that they didn't set you up for success just a little bit more. But you are. Already- I don't,
1: I don't want to say that they don't set you up for success. I just don't think that at the capacity that they try to bring in these agents mm-hmm. and the percentage of agents that stay, and Allstate cut 70% of their corporate staff last year Dang. as well.
2: Dang. Um,
1: yeah. So I think we lost a lot of leadership too,
2: mm. which
1: um, I, I think my predecessors might have had might have had a little bit more I'm fortunate for my time with all state because yeah. uh, in fact in our training I led the training most of the days for the other people in the class because I just I was like oh I know the answer to that like <laughs> you know the the um, teacher's pet
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were made for this position I'm so happy for you so proud of you Thank you. Good job. And here on the Drop Your Baggage Podcast, we talk to people that are dope, that can bring you hope and teach you a technique that can help you cope. And that technique is called the mental and emotional release. Now, with mental and emotional release, it is a neuro-linguistic programming technique. For those who don't know what neuro-linguistic programming is, it is a mental martial art. that is a group of techniques to help you to help you communicate with your subconscious mind and your heart in order to get what you desire. And today, we desire to get rid of the fear of abandonment. So, with your fear of abandonment, let's go ahead and talk about that just a little bit.
1: Okay. Um, well, so I only touched on what you just want me to go through all my trauma.
0: <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I mean, kidding. I I had told you already about like with my fear of abandonment. I never met my uh, father before. You know, he left before I was born, and all. So I know that it with the fear of abandonment it usually comes with a, a a pretty nasty scar from something that happened when you were younger. Uh, so I know. Uh, I I don't know how you want to yeah <laughs> a No, minute. I'm
1: a, I have an open book. Um, so. My all of my youth, um, as far as I can remember, when I was bald. So three, two or three years old. Um
2: when I was my, bald.
1: <laughs> I was bald until I was like
2: three or four. Really?
1: That's <laughs> crazy. Um but I I was always my, my dad was a semi-pro hockey player, and mm. they were my both my mother and my father. It was the 80s, 90s, you know, it was sex, drugs, and rock and roll, man. And my uh, grandparents, my dad's mother and father, <clears throat> ultimately raised me. I spent a lot of time with them. Um, and with my parents, it was probably just a lot of them growing up, mm-hmm. you know, um, so that was kind of the beginning. I remember my mom always telling me about how my dad was at the hospital when I was born because he was doing some cocaine run with Hell's Angels somewhere down in Texas. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and the, you know, those are just stories that I, I would have never known, you know what I mean? Right. So, like, why <laughs> why destroy me? <laughs> like, okay, thanks. <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah, just probably, you know, just that really, it, it was a dysfunctional upbringing. I'm mm-hmm. fortunate that I had my grandparents on both sides, you know, my mm-hmm. mother's, my mother's family, um, my my grandmother was church every Sunday, you know, take the kids to Sunday service. And mm-hmm. um, and then as an adult, um, well, backtrack a hair my siblings ended up leaving me with my mother when i was about 10 and i say it that way because my mom cyclically always was between narcotics anonymous church and drug use Mm -hmm. so it's like always you know what is, what is she today? You
2: Mm -hmm, know? mm
1: -hmm. Um, And then my siblings moved to Italy to be with their dad and left. I I was with my mom um, for quite a few years, just her and I, and experiencing all of that cycle, you know, um, on my own. And my dad wasn't, he wasn't uh, very present during that time either.
0: Right.
1: And then I think there, when my mother finally got to a point where she was seeking sobriety in a strong way, I became too much for her. So she sent me to go and live with my dad when I was about 14 or 15 years old.
0: So you became like rebellious when you were a teenager?
1: I think at that time I got caught when we snuck out of our house, it Mm -hmm. was like we walked Four miles to town. I lived in like a eight thousand population town. Okay, oh, we got trouble in cornfields. All right, <laughs> we didn't. We weren't doing anything wrong. I think I was smoking cigarettes. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So she sent me to go live with my dad, which was down in Arizona. Here, and then um, that's when I started to kind of get in trouble. My dad was now becoming present in my life as an, an as a pre woman you know mm-hmm. I was coming into whatever I wanted to be and <sighs> uh, and he was more the friend role while also going through a divorce of his own and mm-hmm. so um, moved moved a lot, did a lot of things and then I actually um, got married when I was 17 as well. So oh. I guess I wanted to get out of any of like I wanted to be in control of my yeah. own life finally my dad kind of hopped us all around. I went to five different high schools, my sophomore year. Um, and that's hard. (laughs) So, um, so anyway, yeah, I got married at 17 and then, well, it's, I got married three days after my 18th birthday. So we were together while I was 17 Mm -hmm. and then, um, and then when I, um, I don't know exactly how old I was. I will, want to say i was like 22 or 23 but my mother committed suicide um and that as an adult was pretty was pretty hard on me because i don't think we ever really had resolve yeah in all in any normalcy any you know in all those years of dysfunctional
0: mm-hmm. so
1: did, anyway
0: that did, so that is that is where it all comes from where it all stems and my condolences for your mom, first and foremost. Thank you. How's your dad doing?
1: My father is, uh, uh, he is well. He um, lives here in town and um, he had a heart attack about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And um, he's since has had the vaccine and I think he's having some adverse reactions to that. So he was actually just in the hospital. So mm-hmm. thanks for asking.
0: <laughs> yeah, no worries. I'm sure he's proud of you, though, and everything that you're doing with your agency and everything. I hope so. Are you, Are any of your grandparents still around? Uh,
1: yes, but uh, yeah, my grandma is. So She lives a couple of hours north of here, but um, she actually is, has been in the hospital about four times this year, falling and breaking phones and things and now yeah. they're looking for assisted living. So yeah, yeah, she's about 80 as well.
0: Still kicking though. Still trying yeah. to get around. She's, she's trying to tell her to, trying to, to- sit, sit down. <laughs> lady, sit, sit down, lady. Sit down. All right. So um, but the, the the fear of abandonment has um affected your relationship with your fiance. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, well, I've, that's just because, so me, I like to Google my symptoms. Um, (laughs) So I'm always analyzing, you know, like I said, I got married at 17. I was Mm -hmm. married for eight years, divorced. And Mm -hmm. so this, this guy in my life, I made a comment to him a couple of months back. And I said, I just felt really bad for you. Cause like, you don't stand a chance, man. <laughs> like you're, you're set up for failure from the start for me. Um, and I think some of that I liked, I like to have a little bit of that mentality because with that, in any relationship that I have, mm-hmm. you add value to my life. Is mm-hmm. how it is. I don't seek anything more from you mm-hmm. than what you bring to to the table emotionally mm-hmm. and spiritually and sexually, physically, whatever that is, mm-hmm. but I don't I I don't need your money. I don't need you to pay my bills. I don't need you to fix me or to take mm-hmm. care of me or to mm-hmm. change me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a little hard headed, independent, um, and he probably didn't deserve that that comment, but. Um, I, I think that's what it is. It's no it's no longer, I've, I think I've taken the fear out of it. Mm. Like, I'm not afraid of abandonment anymore because these things have been done to, like, you can't do any worse right. than than that.
0: Gotcha, you know? you. gotcha. You.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you, is there, so there, there's nothing that's really like, I mean, but you love him wholeheartedly, so there's nothing like holding you back from, experiencing everything that you have to with him on a like a daily basis or is it
1: i think and it's not him i think in general i tend to be a little more reserved with with certain things that i would say or Mm -hmm. just because of people's reactions maybe i've learned to just
0: <laughs> Let's suppress that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, because
1: I know how well I can deal with it. You know what I mean. Yeah. So I usually, I'm a big believer in in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I am feeling, if I'm feeling defensive or irritable, or like if we're having a little bit of an argument or something, mm-hmm. I like to I like to take some time and mm-hmm. just be with myself if i know i'm gonna be snippy and snarky mm-hmm. and like because because my ex-husband was really really good at that if you had i used to tell him i say you pull out the deepest darkest dagger and and go, it could not even be related to the argument mm-hmm. like i'm gonna hurt you with this <laughs> yeah and so with that you know for eight years i'm like "Mm, no you're not you're not gonna have any of my daggers
0: yeah yeah no thank you real talk real talk how do you think that so like how do you think that life what do you think life would look like without like that fear
1: Mm, well um i probably will have less friends no i'm just (laughs) kidding (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know, I don't know. Um, I think when you're, when that's all you've, you know, I think I've just learned how to, how I think I should deal with it or how Mm -hmm. I, so it's, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that actually um, not to digress, but I'm Mm. hearing impaired, for example. And uh, well, it's not an example. I really am. I'm deaf in the ear that you're the, This is not on this Mm -hmm, year. mm -hmm. And I was having a lunch with somebody earlier today and she goes, you should go and get, get your hearing checked for free. Just get a hearing aid. It will change your life. And I said, I believe you. It's (laughs) not that I don't believe you. However, ignorance is bliss sometimes because the things that I don't hear, I, sometimes I think I hear things and what comes out of my mouth is funny. So, you know, lose that so we can hear all the stuff that was not funny um (laughs) also like i network a lot i'm a huge networker Mm -hmm. and so i don't go to mixers because i have a hard time hearing at mixers so i'm like what will i do without that excuse (laughs) so maybe the same as in correlation with this like i don't know because that's been it's just been what it is and now i now it's my
0: thing. <laughs> it's like it's like an attachment to the things that, that limit you.
1: Oh, hmm. Now when you put it that way, that
0: makes no, it sound ugly. <laughs> no, 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 just, no, it's no, I, I know it's not nearly as funny It's not going to parties because you can't hear. It's like, huh? Uh, you gotta stay on the other side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get rid of it. So, with uh mental and emotional release, um, it's a simple systematic guided meditation. If anybody out there wants to um, get an example or a demonstration of it, you can go to charleswolfwork.com and fill out a form on the homepage. But with you, my friend, you get to experience it right here, right now. So there's three things that you need to do in order to have a profound experience. Number one, you got to use your imagination.
1: Got one of those.
0: (laughs) Number two, you got to follow directions, just like you follow a recipe or just like you follow Google Maps. Okay. And number three, got to trust the process. Know that I'm your guide and I'm going to be leading you through this easily and effortlessly. Okay. Awesome. Now, um, we got to reestablish your timeline. If your past could be to your left, to your right, or behind you, where's your past? Left. Where's your future? Right. Perfect. All right. That's just like mine. I love it. Now, uh, is it all right with your unconscious mind? for you to release this fear of abandonment today and for you to be aware of it consciously? Absolutely. Awesome. What is the root cause of this problem? The first event, which when disconnected, that will cause this problem to disappear. If you were to know, when was the first time that you felt this fear of abandonment when you were just a little girl? How old were you?
1: Mm. Probably three or four. Yeah. Or even younger. I know stories of younger.
0: Okay, we can do stories if you like have an imagination and you want to go back to that story, or you can do the you can go back to the memory in which you I know remember. I was.
1: I know I I was an infant in in one scenario.
0: You could tell us the story.
1: Um, my grandfather, that I that on my father's side, he had to after my mother gave birth to me. Um, he had to come in rescue me from her car because she was selling drugs out of that
0: okay that's a good one in fact that's going to help you gain empathy and compassion for her all right so watch you'll see okay now what you can now all you got to do now for the systematic guided meditation you go ahead just close your eyes relax and let me know when you're ready for the process to drop your baggage ready all right keep your eyes closed now just imagine Floating outside of your body as if though you were a spirit or energy. And just imagine floating above yourself right here, right now in this divine appointment. Just imagine seeing the lamp to your right, the mirror right behind you, your white sweater, your headset, long hair, and the screen in front of you. Let me know when you can see yourself from a third person point of view. Okay. All right. Now, just imagine floating up above your timeline and flow deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above that first event in which you had that fear of abandonment when you were just a little girl with your grandfather and your mother. And just see that event from a third person point of view, just like you were a fly on the wall and just hover above that event. Let me know when you can see that whole event. Okay. All right. Now just stay right there. Don't move. And just ask your unconscious mind what it needs to learn from the event. The learning of which will allow you to let go of the emotions easily and effortlessly. Your unconscious mind can't preserve the learnings. So that if you need them in the future, they'll be there. Just tell your unconscious mind to preserve the learnings. This is an exercise of forgiveness and acceptance. Forgiveness for yourself and others and acceptance of yourself and others. Who do you have to forgive? What do you have to accept? Who do you have to accept? Focus your attention upon how you're a survivor Hurt people hurt people. We're all doing the best that we can with the reason, with the resources and consciousness that we have. Once again, we're all doing the best that we can with the resources and consciousness that we have. We can't control anyone else's actions, but we can control our response. We can grow stronger and wiser and learn from people's actions and mistakes. Other people's actions have nothing to do with you. It's only a reflection of their baggage or whatever they're going through at the time. And we're better people than we were when those events occurred. You're a better person than you were when those events occurred. What is something positive and empowering? You can tell yourself as that little baby girl and your mom and everyone else involved in the event with the consciousness that you have today that will allow the emotions to evaporate like water on the concrete on a hot summer day. And as you preserve these learnings, the emotions are starting to dissipate more and more until they're all gone. Just let me know when they're all gone.
1: Good.
0: Awesome. Now, with you looking at the event from a third-person point of view and with your eyes closed, tell me, what did you learn from the event?
1: That I didn't have any control over it.
0: That's right. That, mm-hmm.
1: that um, I'm very fortunate for my grandfather and how brave he was and purpose that he saw. And that she just didn't know any better, my mother.
0: That's right. Now, with you looking at the event, what learning can you take with you into the future to make you a better person?
1: Not to uh, take for granted certain blessings.
0: That's right. Now, just imagine floating up above your timeline and float deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above the dinosaurs during the prehistoric age. Let me know when you're above the dinosaurs. Got it. Awesome. And now as you're above the dinosaurs, float deeper and deeper and deeper into space to where space and the atmosphere connects. And imagine your timeline is the size of a finger now. Let me know when you're there.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Now just imagine floating there, weightless, in space. And ask yourself now, where are the emotions? Tell me, are they there or have they disappeared now?
1: Well, I'm flying. (laughs) They're gone.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Now, just imagine floating down inside the event. sink to your own eyes as a baby girl and check on the emotions. Tell me, are they there or have they disappeared now?
1: I don't think I had any. That's
0: right. All right. Float back above the dinosaurs and then float into space to where space and the atmosphere connects. Let me know when you're there. Mm-hmm. Okay, listen closely. Float very, very high above each and every event in which you felt the fear of abandonment from birth until now in chronological order. Don't skip one event. Preserve the learnings and let go of that fear of abandonment all the way back to now. Go. awesome flow down into your body and open your eyes when you're ready welcome back
1: welcome back
0: <laughs> how does that feel good yeah 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 the okay so let's go ahead and test it out um so can you, do you smell do you smell bacon
1: i know are you cooking
0: <laughs> nah, that's the question to get your mind off of the, med- the meditation.
2: Uh, oh, so,
0: so, uh, can you remember a time in the past in which you used to feel that old emotion and go back and notice if you can feel it or you may find that you cannot?
1: Yeah, I can't.
0: Awesome it <laughs> was wink
1: i don't know i do that sometimes and right. i'm not very good at it so i don't not know good. why i do it
0: it's <laughs> like, like what <laughs> that's how it
1: always goes like me you have something in your eye what's going on
0: i look totally like you're you're bsing me it's like oh yeah i feel good
1: <laughs> <laughs> send me my check later
0: no <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, uh, all right. I want you to imagine going out into the future, to an unspecified time in the future, in which if the same thing would have happened in the past, you would have had a fear of abandonment. But it's the future now. So see if you can find that old emotion, or you may find that you cannot.
1: Let's hope not. I don't (laughs) think so. I don't think so.
0: No, don't feel it.
1: Uh uh-uh nope so not going there
0: yeah yeah so like the the so what happened how did you how were you able to let this go tell people like the shift in your consciousness or what you just went through
1: yeah um I think the visualizing especially the scenario that I shared which is one that I don't ever talk about and it's mm-hmm. not because I, I don't ask because it's not my memory it's my gra- it was my grandfather telling right. me that uh, but looking at him and imagining him you know carrying my little car seat you know I that was pretty powerful I would mm-hmm. say and you know imagining the vulnerability and and failure that maybe my mother was feeling in that moment Mm -hmm. and maybe what kind of words were exchanged or if it was you know I don't I think just kind of going through I think what I did is because I was an infant Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to feel I tried to see how they would be feeling
2: Mm -hmm. you know
1: Mm -hmm. and I think that for me Gave me more
0: grace
1: <laughs> for them. Gosh. <laughs> I couldn't. You're I couldn't.
0: <laughs> you in this grace. I love grace, it.
1: It's patience and connection.
0: That's right. That's right. <laughs> have you seen these hands? <laughs> so, okay. Awesome. So you have great. You you gave more grace for your mother.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In all of the, even in the timeline, you know, as we're bouncing, I'm, I'm like, I was floundering, but if I was floundering, man alive, you know, she was probably really struggling. And not only that, I mean, I know what addictions are like, and I know what, not feeling like, you know, you're a square trying to fit into a T, you know? And so I, um, I think I've always had a pretty good understanding that we're very, that her and I were very different people Mm -hmm. and I accepted her for that. Mm -hmm. But to be able to look at her and feel maybe how she was feeling, Mm -hmm. not necessarily forgiveness, but understanding. Mm
0: -hmm. Kind of like a, a different amount of empathy and compassion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah
0: mean it helps too just to see like damn she was going through her her stuff her baggage
1: right yeah yeah and um i don't i think especially when this when the suicide happened you know I, as a, as a young adult i was always i think the first few things you think of are like gosh could i have done anything you know yeah. could i have what could I why didn't i call why wasn't i there what right. was that? And then I went through a phase of great anger. Like you didn't even stay to see if I was going to own a business or have kids or mm-hmm. what your grandkids from my niece and nephew, you know, like when mm-hmm. they how beautiful. And now it's like, she probably didn't think of any of that before, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like probably the furthest thing, in fact. So I don't know. It's almost, um, I don't know that I would like, tell you that i feel relief right in this moment
2: Mm -hmm, if mm -hmm.
1: anything i think it's even a little bit um sad
2: you know Mm -hmm.
1: like it's it's um it's refreshing to know that i don't have to be confined to those chain
2: yeah
1: those chains um and i can i can appreciate everybody's journey is different Mm. I think the best thing for me is I know how I'll do things differently.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so as much as I can understand, you know, that I didn't have anything to do it, it doesn't take away from the fact that they were selfish situations, but um, you know, I've been selfish before.
0: Mm-hmm. We and people here.
1: have been forgiving. So
0: mm. you can just <laughs> offer more grace
1: <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> your next two podcasts. Next uh, podcast.
0: uh, no. <laughs> so thinking, oh my gosh, the theme. I might, if, if it keeps coming up, I'm going to change my podcast. <laughs> It's going to be called Gifts of Grace. Shout out Mm -hmm. to Gifts of Grace.
1: There you go. Oh, the wink. I did it again.
0: (laughs) I thought something was wrong with your eye. Yeah, you're not good at it at all. Okay. So you're okay? There's that fear
1: of abandonment
0: again. (laughs) Hey, so uh, you just gave me a big telltale as well because you told me that you felt even just a little bit of sadness for it. So it would be an honor to help guide you through releasing sadness as well, just so you don't have to carry that around as well.
1: Look at it. It's like going grocery shopping, but reverse, <laughs> taking stuff out of your cart. <laughs> Put this back on the shelf. So
0: you. <laughs> nah, it's more like um going to the uh the auto mechanic. It's like, oh, I thought I had a brakes problem, but apparently I need to change my muffler, you know, <laughs> too. Right, right. <laughs> Just add stuff on there. Um, but not nah, like I I think it's important for anyone that I work with not to feel any type of negative emotions due to them releasing one thing, because it can there's there's a balance that happens. So I don't want to throw anything off balance. So even with releasing fear. So usually, you know, you want to release anger, sadness, fear. Oh, so me like,
1: so yeah, yeah. to go backwards. <laughs>
0: So with fear, right, usually people are just like, oh, yeah, fear is all good. You know, everybody chooses to release fear in the first place. But if you release fear, it can also throw sadness off balance. So now it's like, OK, now the sadness is up here and the fear is down here. So you got to release sadness. But then it can make the anger off balance. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So I, I but I always make sure that people feel refreshed and renewed and feel good if I ever work with them yeah I don't want anybody to be in a, a bad situation right yeah, yeah so it would be an honor to do that with you tell us uh tell us more about um like did you feel any type of um like feelings that within your body when you were releasing things? Tell us how the consciousness shift uh, felt and how you knew it was released
1: um well, I think just being able to i think when you're imagining yourself. Looking at yourself, you—I almost wonder if you can't bring emotion with you when you're when I like I was really observing.
2: Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. From an
1: unbiased perspective, Mm -hmm. I really wanted to be to look at the whole the whole Mm -hmm. thing—the dinosaurs and the and the stars. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But when you when you say like, okay, now go back. come go back to yourself and Mm -hmm. how do you feel now um when you're observing when I was observing I wasn't emotional like I am right now Mm -hmm. or have been as as a as 32 year old woman Mm -hmm. um and then when I imagined how my mother was and how my grandfather was and then how the dinosaurs are and then came back to me it was like whatever I brought with me to that little adventure, I left it over there.
2: Mm. You know what
1: I mean? Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. So when I came back, it wasn't something that I like latched onto right away and said, Oh, wow. That was <clears throat> when I said, when I said sad, so it wasn't sad for me uh, in that moment. Mm. It was experiencing some of what brought her to those places mm. was, was sad. Mm-hmm. to see from an outsider's perspective one without judgment.
0: Yeah, of know? course. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I did, the, the um it's like you're seeing it with a, through a new lens, through a new yeah. scope of of empathy and compassion. It's like, damn, she was going through a lot internally.
1: Right. And and I don't even really know if it's a new lens or if in fact I've been wearing old glasses. Mm. Just took them mm. off. Yeah. If I looked at it, if I would have done that all along, I know I've grown. Yeah. All of these years,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I've been living in three-year-old, you know, emotion, and then
0: wow.
1: Now that I'm thirty-two, looking back at it, that's just you know, baggage.
0: Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't you- wink. You
0: are, <laughs> you are hilarious. Yeah. Oh my God. Exactly. Exactly. And on the drop drop your baggage podcast, that's what we do is we drop it. And you dropped through, like you said, where it was. You didn't need to bring it back with you.
1: Right. It's yeah. like it's like you it's like you knew what to name your podcast.
0: <laughs> Who would have thought? Like I I, I wouldn't think that I've been this thoughtful about the podcast. <laughs> I'm blown. Seriously, <laughs> um, how do you feel? Will you, with this different perspective, do you see any difference that can be made within your relationship, your romantic relationship your, with your fiance?
1: Hmm, um. Yes, I think. Well. In his, in his favor, there's really been nothing out of his favor. You know what yeah, I mean? Going yeah. against him. Um, he, you know, he has he has children and an ex and of course they have their baggage, right? With mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. So I've always kind of looked at that like, well, he was a different person then. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for some reason I had, well, not for some reason, I met him later in my life. So I had that understanding for him all along was yeah. kind of the 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 room that I gave him um, I never gave that to anybody else you know
0: beautiful beautiful that's awesome because
1: I used a different word
0: yeah, yeah 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 I saw you searching <laughs>
1: I got the thesaurus in front of me <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like the synonym for <laughs> grace. Good <morning. laughs> the um awesome. So so the the fear of abandonment really never worked at his detriment.
1: No, in fact, uh, my okay. threat to him was just what a what a peach he got in me mm. based on all of like, you know all of my um <laughs> inadequacies of being able to be like you emotionally um what's the word I'm looking for I don't know I think I, and I don't know if this has changed because mm-hmm. I, I think because of the the experiences in my life I've kind of come to this really callous place in mm-hmm. my life where like mm-hmm. I can could, I could Cut people off pretty quickly, or mm-hmm. I can walk away pretty mm-hmm. fast, and mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't really take a whole lot
2: mm-hmm.
1: on my part. Um, mm-hmm. So that wasn't really working on his favor,
2: right?
1: But I think um, that's just that's just a, a piece of that's just a piece of me. I don't I don't know if I'll I don't know if that's baggage or if that's is it.
0: What is what <laughs> it's like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh okay. <laughs> well, should we schedule like four
2: months?
0: The things uh the things may, may shift though. You may look at everyone a bit different since you were able to have compassion for your mother the compassion that you have for others as well can be there as well i know that i had compassion for my father for um not abandoning but like not being in my life i didn't i don't know what he was going through i don't know what type of patterns and habits he had as far as avoiding situations Uh and with that you know, also, you know, I started with him myself. I I wasn't always the most integrity driven man. I, I mean, all the time. So it was it was having that space and room and compassion for him and and also being able to apply that to other people as well. So, you know, if it was the, the sense of I, I would get sad or I would feel lonely if I, had, if I felt the fear of abandonment. Um, Because, you know, somebody wasn't answering my text or something like that, or I didn't get invited out to whatever or, um, you know, cutting off a relationship really, like you said. But then things got better when I was able to see things from a different light and just notice that everybody's just doing the best that they can with the resources and consciousness that they have and being able to really have a lot more courage within myself and tell people how I feel and communicate effectively so we, we can see what happens in the future with that
1: yeah we'll have a follow-up
0: of course of course you got to drop your baggage up, uh drop your baggage update to where uh, in a few weeks I want to check up on you and see how your mindset has been and if anything has changed within your life Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for showing up for your divine appointment, Brittany. You've been outstanding. I knew you were going to be outstanding, of
1: course. I wasn't late
0: either. Uh, No, I was surprised. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Please uh, give us out here some more words of wisdom uh, to tie a little bow on this amazing project. Words of wisdom.
1: Hmm gosh i would have prepared i would have prepared for this it's
0: gotta come from the heart
1: okay um well just persevere and greatness is destined to be everybody's i believe and pursue it and know that everything is meant for you
0: amen She gave me the wink again. You guys, it's so, so cringe. Uh, and, w- <laughs> and with that, you guys, uh, if you all want to experience the mental to most release process, once again, go to charleswolfork.com, And I would love to help you uh, or give you this experience. Uh, but until next time where we drop your ba- uh, and where we drop your baggage, where we help or we talk to people that are dope, that can give you hope and teach you a technique that can help you cope. Take care of yourself and take care of one another. Peace.